Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Good morning and welcome to Morning Scoop for Friday, February 19th. This is your daily Buckeye Fix. I'm Tom Moore. The Minnesota game is in 195 days. The game against Michigan in 281 days. This has been quite a busy week at Buckeye Scoop, uh, but Nevada Buck has dropped a couple really fascinating reports. Uh, one from Inside Winter Workouts. Uh, also, a look at where things stand right now with the Big Ten and its plans for the year. Those are both uh, really, really interesting, good inside info. There's been some great reporting from uh, football recruiting camps from Mick Walker. Great feature on freshman running back Phenom, Travion Henderson, and uh, a story from his high school coach. Lots and lots more. But the highlight of the week, at least for me, was Alex Gleitman dropping the second half of his behind-the-scenes National Signing Day 2021 series. Alex, the feedback in this is fantastic. It sounds like it is always fantastic. And people may remember the show we did last week with a few stories from previous years. But can you start by just sort of sharing a little bit on how this all got started and then how it sort of, you know, turned into something of a phenomenon? Yeah, I, um, it must have been, I think the first one I did was like 2015 or 2016 um, National Signing Day. And I think what happened was the years before that I had just, you know, I was at, I was at Bucknuts at the time. Um, and I think I dropped a few of them when I was at 11 Warriors a couple years before that, where I would just drop these cool stories of things that happened post signing day. Um, I remember one was, uh, I don't know which year it was, but like Lawrence Cager, something with Urban Meyer at his high school where, where, uh, he sat down with Lawrence and Lawrence, uh, he told him. He was asking me, you know, so where do we stand? And he's like, well, it's like you guys in Wake Forest. And Urban said, simply said, I, I don't recruit against Wake Forest and then just walked out, um, which is a great and classic Urban Meyer, uh, vintage Urban Meyer right there. But I think, you know, a couple of those and they got popular and everyone was like, wow, it would be awesome if you could compile these every single year. And so um, I kind of took to it to, to throughout the year, start to write them down and make sure I, I remember some of the details and things like that. And so. I think uh, at least 16, 17, 18, 19, I was off. Um, and then 20, we came back. And then this year as well. So been like a five-year, five, six-year run at this so far. And it's, uh, it's fun. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, there's so much that happens during the year that we, we try to tell our board members, our paying members. We try to give them as much detail as possible. But there's just some details that are better left unsaid until the kid signs, just for a variety of reasons. Um, you never know a kid who ends up committing elsewhere could end up swinging back to Ohio State, and if something not so great were to get out there, I mean, that's not the best thing in the world. Or vice versa, a kid commits to Ohio State and then, you know, flips later on. And it's just, 
it, it's it's just better kept some some of the stories until after signing day. So it's fun for me to write, and I'm glad that everyone kind of looks forward to it every year. And you, a week or two back, posted all of your previous ones on our SD Insider Sport. All if if you want to read all of those and you're a Buckeye Scoop member, just go to the uh, front page post at BuckeyeScoop.com for this podcast, and I will have links to all of those in that post for you, so you can you can read them all. There was a lot of, oh yeah, that guy, I forgot about him, and it's so fun to read them now, like, knowing how all these stories turned out, like, all the 2016 kids, like, I know how your career turned out, so it's real fun to go back and read those with, uh, you know, the the advantage of hindsight. Uh, but we're, we're going to look ahead this this time and uh, the class of 2021. And let's start with the position that everyone always wants to start with quarterback, a storyline that is undoubtedly going to be something we're all talking about for the next few years. The story about how Ohio State and Michigan both ended up fi- signing five star quarterbacks in this class. There was some question as to who was going to end up where. Yeah, it's um, that was an interesting one, because Ohio State, in my opinion, they were they cast a wide net at quarterback, but. For me, it was three guys. It was J.J. McCarthy, who ended up signing with Michigan out of Chicago. It was Kyle McCord, who obviously ended up signing with Ohio State. And it was Drake May, who ended up signing with North Carolina, but first committed to Alabama. And in talking to some people inside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, it became very clear to me that their top two targets were McCord and Drake May. And I think ultimately... They Drake May being a UNC legacy, his brother Luke May played basketball there. I think he had another brother that also played something there. His dad played there. I think even his grandpa. Um, and and also knowing Alabama was in the mix, I think they could have waited around for him, but they knew kind of bird in the hand situation with the guy they loved in Kyle McCord, who was ready to pull the trigger. And um, that's 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 kind of how they ended up getting that. But I think the the unique part of the story here is. Everyone always, you know, it's a debate. Did, did Ohio State, you know, they offered J.J. McCarthy. Did it, you know, what really happened there? Did he commit to Michigan out of spite? Like, and from my perspective, I can tell you with 100% certainty, 101% certainty that J.J. McCarthy wanted to commit to Ohio State. I'm not going to go into some things that were said, but ultimately there was a visit in the spring and he came back from that visit saying, I want to go to Ohio State. He grew up an Ohio State fan. His family's Ohio State fans. Um, and you know, when he spoke to the coaching staff at the end of his visit, they kind of said, look, you know, we like you a lot. We want to just continue to build the relationship, see how things go over the next couple of months. And, you know, we'll see where we're at at around then. And, and that was cool with JJ, but I mean, look, you know, that's where Ohio state really stood. And that was before things really heated up with Kyle McCord. They knew they were in it with McCord. I think they liked him a little bit more. I think they wanted to see how things went. McCord had a visit or two after that. And, um, you know, obviously JJ McCarthy never got to see where things went with Ohio state. They ended up taking Kyle McCord. And so when you look at JJ McCarthy, I mean, he definitely wanted to be at Ohio state. Do I think he committed to Michigan out of spite? I don't think you make that big of a decision out of spite. Was there a little bit of, is that a little bit of the, the, you know, the fuel to light his fire? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. As I think it would be for anyone, but um, you know, I just thought that was interesting. I mean, there's, there's no doubt JJ McCarthy wanted to be an Ohio state Buckeye, but he's going to be a Michigan Wolverine. I actually think he's going to end up starting for them this year, whether it be the start of the year or at some point. And so he's going to have three, four, maybe five years, who knows to, uh, to try to uh, show Ohio state. That they, they picked the wrong guy, but we'll see how that ends up. 
Yeah, Tony Gerderman and I just talked about that quite a bit on our uh, Thursday episode of Buckeye Weekly. Um, Joe Milton, the Michigan quarterback, he just entered the transfer portal, and it's like, boy, that J.J. McCarthy uh, starting quarterback thing is looking somewhere between possible and uh, plausible and likely. So, yeah, that that's definitely going to be one to watch, and, uh, boy, that is going to be real fun to keep an eye on for the next three, four, five years, the dueling five-star quarterbacks from the – Greatest rivalry in sports. Like, man, that is going to be a fun story to watch for the next few years. Uh, another st- fun story to watch was Emeka Igbuka. This one took some twists and turns. Top 10 player overall in the country. Number five, uh, five-star wide receiver out of the state of Washington. And uh, he was a very, very hot topic of conversation all the way up to about the week of early signing day this year. Uh, what was the story with his commitment? Yeah, I mean, very simply, like, he was in. He was in for a while, and I, I just felt really good about that. The relationship he had with Brian Hartline and Ryan Day was was uh, was better than any others, and, and that's why I thought Ohio State was going to get him for a while. I was actually told back in the spring that he was gonna he was gonna commit. I think it was like June, and then it was like, okay, visits are can. He wanted to just visit one a couple places just to be a thousand percent of his decision. He hadn't gone to a couple places like Oklahoma. Um, and he just wanted to be a thousand percent sure of his decision. So I was told he'll make his visits in June. Um, and then that will be it. And of course there was no visits in June. So then I was told it's September. It's happening in September. There's no doubt about it. Of course, visits are moved back. Can't visit. Doesn't happen. When it became abundantly clear that there wasn't going to be visits, I was kind of sitting there like, what is taking this kid so long? I mean, I know he wants to get it over with, but What's taking so long? And we found out eventually that what, what was taking so long, I think he was trying to figure out when he could visit Oklahoma, really. I mean, that, that ended up being the number two school for him. And I think he really just wanted to get out to Norman, um, see things for himself. I think he knew he was going to Ohio State, but I think he really just wanted to, to make sure that he was making the right decision. And the interesting thing is when he did make that visit, I think it was in early-ish December, um, he got to um, go to the game. I mean, he bought a ticket. They had fans. He bought a ticket with his own money and, and sat with some other recruits. He got to hang out with Caleb, Caleb Williams. I think it was Kristen Lee at the time, whoever I thought was going to Oklahoma back then. Um, but Caleb Williams was recruiting hard for Oklahoma, so he got to spend time with those guys and see the stadium and see a game day and be around campus and, and all that stuff. And coming out of that visit, I had a couple sources, the guy who kept telling me, you know, when this was going to happen, he was starting to get a little nervous. And I was like, just because of some things he was hearing, I actually spoke to a bunch of Ohio state commits at the time who following that visit were very, very nervous. And at one point they even texted me saying it's done. He's, he's gone. He's going to Oklahoma. Um, I spoke to some people connected to the Oklahoma staff um, that said that the coaches felt that they were very confident that they were going to land Emeka. And there was actually some Oklahoma commits who were claiming that Emeka indicated to them that he was going to be going to Oklahoma. Uh, my stance was I was concerned. I was officially concerned, uh, but I was willing to, 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 to let the hype of that visit wear off and see where things stood. And once that happened, it was funny. I started getting texts from my guy who said, we're good. Don't worry about it. He's coming to Ohio State. And then the commits who I was speaking to texted me, we're changing our minds. He's coming like you're good. Um, And then the Oklahoma guys that I was speaking to were kind of like, yeah, they don't feel so great about it anymore. So it was kind of a domino effect. I don't know if it was just a great visit and some of the things he was saying were misinterpreted or or whatnot, or maybe he just didn't want to let anyone down hard. Um, 
But uh, end of the day, that was that was a wild one. Not not one that I anticipated dragging out as long as it did. I thought, you know, once visits were off in September, I thought he would just say, "Okay, you know what? I'm I'm going to Ohio State. This is it." But turns out it took a little bit longer than that. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That was not the only Ohio State-Oklahoma battle with uh, a little bit of intrigue this year. You had a great, uh, some great insight into Jansen Dunn and his recruitment. We'll let you... Uh, Read that, all about that one at BuckeyeScoop.com. You also mentioned Tristan Lee. Like, boy, if you want to know how crazy recruiting can get, uh, he has a great story about Tristan Lee in there, too. Um, but let's talk about another five-star offensive lineman, uh, J.C. Latham. Uh, he was one of the stories. Last last week when we talked, you said he, he would be one of the stories people might find uh, most interesting of all of them. And you had a lot on his story. We probably can't share all of it here, but let people know at least a little bit about how he ended up at Alabama instead of Columbus. Yeah, there's no locks in recruiting, and this is a great example because, in my opinion, if the pandemic doesn't happen, J.C. Latham signs with Ohio State. Um, long story short, um, father and mother are not together. Father lives in Milwaukee. Mother lives in Chicago. J.C. went to IMG Academy in Florida, and when the pandemic hit, he had to go home. They, everything closed down, and he had to go home, and normally he was with his father in Milwaukee, but um, you know, there was just some, I don't know exactly what it was, but I was told without going into too much, it was just, uh, not the best time in the relationship between dad and JC. And so he went to live with mom in Chicago during this break before he could return to IMG, which ended up being in the summer. And so that was not good for Ohio state mom, for whatever reasons was really big on Alabama. Dad was a supporter of JC going to Ohio state. And I think um, JC being around his mom, also talking to Evan Neal, who is was just a sophomore at uh, Alabama offensive lineman, started as a freshman actually, and played at IMG Academy as well. Um, I think the the pull of mom and and having Evan Neal, a guy he's comfortable with, in his ear, telling him you know certain things. I think it was just too much for Ohio State to overcome, and um, you know it it um, it's it's one of the it's. There was a couple, I think, situations where the pandemic may have helped Ohio State, but this one was one where it hurt because they couldn't get JC back for a visit. They were supposed to get him in April for an official visit, um, and he was living with someone who was very pro-Alabama for whatever reason she had. So that's the, that's the crux of the story. There's a little bit more, I think, in the, uh, in the actual article, so definitely check that out. But that was, uh, that was a disappointing one for Ohio State because... I think, you know, J.C. Latham, I don't know what he finished as like a top five, 10 player in the class. He's, you know, they don't maybe need him this year, but as a sophomore, I think he probably fits right into the starting lineup pretty nicely at one of the tackles. Yeah, that's that's one where Alabama signed, I think, the top two tackles in the offensive tackles in the class. And Ohio State has a chance to sign the top two defensive ends in the class. And uh, much like the J.C., uh, J.J. McCarthy and uh, Kyle McCord uh, battle to watch. That might be one we get to see in uh, January at some point. Uh, those those guys going head to head in a year or two. Um, you mentioned there are no locks in recruiting. I mean, this is another guy who at one point seemed like maybe he was close to an Ohio State lock defensive end, Taiwan Malone. 
Um, that's a guy whose recruitment you were you were all over. You you covered that one pretty closely. He's an East Coast guy. Um, and he looked like he was maybe headed to Ohio State. And then all of a sudden, Ohio State was just like kind of out of the picture and he signed with Ole Miss. So what, what was the story there? Yeah, I think early earlier on in the in the year and in the process, I mean, this was a football decision where Taiwan was going to make the best pick of school based on, you know, where, what was best for his football future. But it, it was a requirement. It was always a requirement that he had to play baseball there. Um, he wanted to try to play both. He loves baseball. Um, he's pretty good at it. I, I don't know if he's SEC starting as a, as a freshman, sophomore good, but I think he certainly start as a start as a DH or first baseman in the big 10. Good. Um, but you know, at some point, and I think Ohio state was in a good position, uh, when that was, when that was the situation, I don't think they were a lock. I never thought they were a lock, but I did, I, I did have them as the favorite. Um, Ryan Day goes way back with his high school head coach, Vito Campanile, Larry Johnson. I mean, the whole deal uh, just made a lot of sense. But at some point in the summer, things flipped and this became a baseball decision. And to me, once that happened, I mean, it was he was going south no matter what. Um, the only school that maybe had a chance was Rutgers uh, just because he's from New Jersey and he's very close with his family. And I thought and Rutgers actually has a decent baseball program and he you know, the way his high school coach saw it was like he could play early at at Rutgers for baseball. I don't know if he could play early at some of these SEC schools, but um, I, the, the big thing for Ohio State, I think they were very straight up with Taiwan and they told him like, look, you know, we're recruiting you to be a defensive tackle here. Like you could play baseball, but, you know, we expect you to make football a priority. And I don't know how well that sit with with Ty. I also know that the baseball staff did did next to nothing in recruiting him. And. Um, that could have been part of, you know, football's directive of like, this is a football recruit, you know? Um, but there was other schools that were, that were, uh, that were like, you know, giving him the rolling out the red carpet, I guess is the best way to put it when it came to baseball. And that, and those were the schools that ended up really having the best shot at the end, the Florida States, the Ole Misses, the Texas A&Ms. I mean, Rutgers did it too, but you know, he was, I think he was ultimately going to the SEC. Um, once he decided this was going to be basically a baseball that also included football. All right. And uh, last one, two recruitments in one, Jalen Davies and Denzel Burke, two cornerbacks from the West coast. One of them ended up as Buckeye. The other one did not, but those are two recruitments that were kind of a little bit intertwined kind of throughout the process. Yeah. So it, it was interesting because Ohio state, they got a lot of DBs pretty quick. Um, and then they knew they were still going to be in it for Jordan Hancock. So it was kind of like, we got to save a spot for this guy. And numbers were already tight. And so Devonta Smith, him being on the fence, didn't, I don't know if it really mattered to them at the end of the day, but they figured if he left, there's a spot for Jordan Hancock anyway. So they knew they were going to take basically one more guy outside of potentially, you know, Hancock, Andre Turrentine, J.K. Johnson, and Jansen Dunn. And it ultimately came down to Denzel Burke and Jalen Davies. And they were both telling them, they were telling both of them very similar things that like, we want to keep building relationship. We need, we need you to visit before we take a commitment. Um, and with Jalen Davies, it was more about Ryan day had never met him in person. And he felt that that was important to do before they accepted a commitment. He had actually had met Denzel Burke in person um, before. I think it was on a trip out to Arizona. He's at least seen him in person and eyed him in person and things like that. So um, 
you know, that's that's kind of the, the way they communicated to it when, when push came to shove. You know, they saw Denzel. They met Denzel in person. They never met Jalen. But the bottom line is both of these guys wanted in and they knew that. And when it became obvious that visits weren't going to happen and they weren't going to be able to host these guys on official visits, they had to make a call. And I think just straight up, they liked Denzel Burke better than Jalen Davies. That's just my opinion. Um, and so they decided to give Denzel the green light and he, he committed on that committable offer pretty quickly. Um, they still kept the seat warm for Jalen Davies a little bit after that. But Jalen Davies was no doubt. I mean, I talked to, to people around him and the kid himself. He was planning. I go to Ohio State, take my visit, all goes as planned and I'm committing. That was it. And so obviously tough to swallow for that kid. But, you know, they kept the seat warm a little bit after when, when just to make sure they got Jordan Hancock. If they didn't get Jordan Hancock, I think there might have been a chance Jalen Davies is in the class, but he ended up at Oregon. I think that's a great fit for him. I think he's going to do really well there and, you know, wish him the best of luck. But it ultimately ended up being, you know, they like Denzel Burke. They think he's a future starting cornerback at Ohio State. And, you know, they decided to give him the call over Jalen Davies. And uh, Jalen Davies will get to go play in the horseshoe anyway this fall. He's coming to Columbus probably in uh, in September with the rest of the Ducks. Um, that was that was right there. That was five guys or five recruitments, if you want to include the last two guys. as kind of one story together. You wrote up close to 40 of them between the two articles on the offense and the defense the last couple of weeks, including, yes, Australian punter Jersey Marco. I am always here for a good Australian punter story, as I'm sure most of our audiences as well. So ton of fun to read all of that. There were, there were lots of like, ah, I see now I understand moments and a few like, oh yeah, that guy, I forgot about him. That's fun. I wonder what he's doing right now. So there was, there was a lot of fun stuff in there. Uh, definitely worth your, uh, worth your time. If you're a member of BuckeyeScoop.com, we will have a uh, links to all of that stuff, including the past articles as well in the uh, show notes for this episode on the front page of BuckeyeScoop.com. Alex has been busy though this week. He also uh, just dropped a new podcast, a new episode of, of his Around the Oval podcast. Uh, looking forward at this fall's Ohio State football team. Who'd you who'd you talk to? Was it was it one of the greats in the Ohio State podcasting world? I sure hope it was. It was. It was uh, the great Tony Gerderman, our very own Tony Gerderman. Uh, Tony did a great job coming on. I mean, we broke down every position group, kind of the key things to look for, what we think about them. We talked about um, kind of some of the big question marks on the team entering spring ball. We broke down the schedule a little bit, who each of us thought were, I guess you'd call it the scariest opponent when it comes to Ohio State possibly losing a game. And we each gave our prediction on, on if Ohio State's going to go undefeated this year. So um, I think it's pretty good listen. Uh, Tony did a great job. Hopefully you like my insights too, but he is, <laughs> he is the, the, the podcasting god. So uh, definitely give that a listen. It's really good stuff to kind of bridge the gap, I think, between the, uh, the end of the season and uh, spring ball in about a month. Yeah, I, uh, I, I enjoy, I host a, uh, host a podcast with Tony and, uh, always enjoy listening to him talk about football. He's got a lot of, a lot of great insights and, uh, generally does it in kind of a fun way as well. So that's worth checking out. So are the rest of our shows on all of, on the, uh, Buckeye scoop podcast network, just search Buckeye scoop on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Spreaker, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. So just search right there. You can subscribe to all of our great shows there. Leave us a five-star rating interview that will help other folks find those shows as well. And if all these stories you heard today sound like, hmm, I'd like, I'd like some more of that. I would like, I don't know, like eight times as many stories as that. Like, yep, Alex has it for you sitting right there at BuckeyeScoop.com. All you have to do is become a member. Just sign up right there and you have access to Alex's articles and all of our other great insider content. There is a ton 
ton of stuff on the site right now and it's february like we are loaded with content and it is february so you can only imagine what's coming as spring ball gets ramped up and then we head into football season yeah there's a basketball season going on that basketball team's pretty good there's a bunch of stuff going on and it is all happening at buckeyescoop.com thank you guys all for joining us have a great day have a great weekend and we will talk to you on monday with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.